Bye, Jackie. So. Bye, David. I'll see you Thursday at 2.45. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. Thanks, Maya. Thank you. Jackie? Jackie, are you there? Jackie. Oh, man, I've been talking this whole time, <laughs> and you were, like, responding enough that I thought that you could definitely hear me. I could not hear you. <laughs> I, I had Did it because I've been sneezing. Oh, yes. No. And I, I, I said bye to Maya several times. You'll, she'll never know. I know. She thinks you were just ignoring her. I know. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. Um, Jackie, what's happening in Japan today? Uh, it snowed. It snowed? It's raining here. Oh, no. oh yes, it is. Diego, it's been raining. It keeps snowing. Right. But a prediction just came out that spring is going to happen like two weeks sooner this year. Oh, wow. What? Yeah, so cherry blossoms are predicted for April 20th. Cool. That's Holy Saturday. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. <gasps> I know, even holier this year. Oh, my goodness. So holy. Um, so we are in the week of January 13th, the Sunday after Epiphany, and we move further into our season of Epiphany, which is the season before Lent, between Lent and Christmas. And so we are uh, going to talk about the gospel like we do every week, um, which is the same gospel that all of those faith-to-go resources will be based on. But first, we are going to answer a listener question. And this week, we have a question from Owen. Uh, the Gospel of Mark reflects the humanity of Jesus, whereas the Gospel of John focuses on Jesus' divinity. Discuss. Please share your preference, Mark or John, and why. I think this question is interesting because I actually, I would push back personally uh, on the assumption of the first statement of the question, which is that Mark Ooh. reflects the humanity of Jesus, whereas the Gospel of John focuses on Jesus' divinity. I think that they focus very differently on Jesus' divinity, but I think they both... Uh, have Christology or the the study of Jesus's nature. statements about the nature of Jesus's divinity as central to their stories, to their gospels. I think they're very different. And in terms of the timeline of when they were written, Mark was the first gospel written and most likely, and John was most likely the last one written and probably written some 30 to 50 years apart from one another. So a lot changes in 30 years, especially when those 30 years are like the 20 years and the 50 years after Jesus has died. So like a lot of a lot of reflecting is happening on what has just happened in that mm -hmm. first century. Um, but Mark has Mark uses all these very important Christological phrases like son of man, son of God, Messiah. He talks about Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus as the son of God, Jesus as the son of man. He has Jesus doing miracles. Mm. So there, I wouldn't say that Mark emphasizes Jesus' humanity over his divinity or emphasizes his humanity over John emphasizing Jesus' humanity. Because remember, in John's gospel, Jesus weeps at the death of, death of Lazarus, yes. which I think is a very human thing. Both of them focus a lot on Jesus' suffering, which is a very human thing. And 
I think Mark maybe gets that gets that kind of label as more of like a human side of Jesus. Possibly because Mark was the first attempt after the letters of Paul to like put a face and a person to this Christological story, to this kind of like transcendent like divine yeah. story. Yeah. Because if you just like if you took away the gospels and acts from the New Testament, and you just had the letters of Paul. This is something that Raymond Brown talks about, who's a New Testament scholar. Like, you would have a lot of great theology about Jesus and, like, the saving act of Jesus, but you have almost no idea about who he was or what he did before he died, you know? It's just that he died. So Raymond Brown says that Mark kind of had the first crack at putting a face on Jesus, this Jesus of Paul's theology, because Paul was writing between like 50 and 65 uh, CE, which is when he died is right around the time that Mark's gospel was being circulated and written. So um, anyway, I would just, I would say that they're, they're probably, they're just a little different. I, I just like personally, stylistically, what do you go for? Do you have a hankering for John or do you reach for Mark? Well, I love John because it's so different and it has Mm -hmm. all those like really cool, I mean, like, the prologue of John is so kind of iconic and and there's, like, real beautiful poetry in it. But there's something about Mark that's always been really intriguing to me because it's so, like, terse and moves so yeah. fast. And oh, I was gosh. Like, I think it's kind of cool also that, like, John, I think, kind of gets this feeling of being more mysterious, like, the like mysterious like, like unknowability the of Jesus. Like, divine mystery, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because really most scholars would agree that the last part of Mark as we have it today was the later edition so that the the actual ending of Mark ends without Jesus appearing to anybody. It's just an empty tomb, which Ooh. I think is like the ultimate Cliffhanger. mystery, you know, it's like Jesus is out there somewhere. Something Love happened, that. but we don't know what it is. Wow. You know? So I didn't know that. I don't know. I think I just, I really love Mark because it has like, was like that first crack that like, that first gospel that hmm. hit that the bookshelves, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like a cool, has like a cool pace and Is emphasis. It? You like that? Yeah, I like, you like it. You like what it does there? Yeah, I think it's cool. Oh, what do you, th- what okay. do you think? I think Mark, uh, when I was first reading the Bible, cause like I wasn't really raised in a religious household. Um, Mark really stood out to me simply because of the healing. And that's kind of what I needed, mm-hmm. uh, especially, um, the girl being healed, uh, by Jesus, the dead girl, Jairus's daughter, was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will always have huge sentimental significance for me. But as I've gotten older, um, I still love Mark, obviously, but I really love... I would say it's like, if we rank them, I like... First John is... Not First John, like the Epistle of John, but, but number one is John, number two is Mark, and they're close to each other, so this mm-hmm. is hard. Third is Luke, and fourth is Matthew. Um... And that's not to discredit Matthew or, or Luke, but it's just I like these more. But I think it's because I really love John, like you said, the metaphorical language, the not necessarily metaphorical, oh well, yeah, metaphorical, but just esoteric, figurative, really mystical uh, language and imagery and theology of it all. Um, it's just something I really come to appreciate as I've gotten older. So yeah. What about you, Jackie? I I think I'm basically the opposite of Maya. Well, like, I hate the mystical... 
I don't hate those things, but you know, I'm, I'm like a very like, like, um, literal person, not like straight. Yeah. But kind of like, I, yeah, I do like things to be straightforward. (laughs) So Ryan and I are just the opposite. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Even hearing Maya describe that, I was just like, Ugh. sinking lower in my seat of like, no, no. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Owen, for your question. And if you have a question or a comment uh, or some feedback for us from something that we've said on the show, mm-hmm. uh, or if you want to share a story from your week of faith discussions, we would love to hear from you. And you can send an email to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org. That's faith to go F-A-I-T-H-T-O-G-O, at S-T-P-A-U-L-C-A-T-H-E-D-R-A-L.org. A very easy email address to remember off the top of your head. What is it? <laughs> and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Um, but now we are going to move to the gospel. And Jackie is going to read the gospel for this week, the week of Ju- uh, January 13th which is Luke 3, 15 to 17, and 21 to 22. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased." All right, so this might sound familiar because we actually heard part of this gospel in, I think, Advent 3, which was like four weeks ago or something. Um, But this has a couple different parts than that had. So we're jumping around a little bit. But as as you know from our discussions about the um, lectionary cycle, we are in year C of the lectionary, so we're going to hear a lot of Luke this year. And so we're in Luke again, and we're going to hear a a lot from Luke's gospel as we move through the year, uh, through Epiphany, Lent, and then into Pentecost. So uh, I am going to do the first point. And so we're each going to take, we're each going to highlight something from the gospel that we hope you take into your faith discussions this week or or keep in mind as you think about having those faith discussions with your family and your friends. Um, So my point is from the very first verse, actually. Luke 3.15, and it says, As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And this was this is the this verse jumped out to me when I read it because uh, I just, I love John's response to 
to the people. To me, it's kind of Maya, – Maya and I were talking about this before we started recording and we were talking about vocation. And um, we both said we wanted to talk about vocation and I wanted to talk about it with John and she wanted to talk about it with Jesus. So you'll hear about Maya's point after mine. But to me, this is like this great – It's such a, it's like a cool example of someone like knowing their path and trusting themselves enough to keep on their path mm-hmm. and like knowing who they are, being connected to themselves in their ministry and knowing what is and is not theirs to do, you know? Yeah. And so it's, I just can imagine what the temp, I know what the temptation is like for me when someone to wants, wants to like keep a bunch of praise on me. And I want to be like, I am not like, I want to, I would, I just imagine the temptation of being like, yeah, I am the Messiah. You're right. What's up with it? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I'll be the Messiah. And because it seems like people were really impressed with him. And they so impressed with him, in fact, that they were wondering, is this the Messiah? Is this the one that we've been looking for? And it seems like all John had to do was turn around and say, I am the Messiah you've been waiting for. And like answer them with what they wanted to hear, tell them what they wanted to hear, and, and just run with it. But he doesn't do that. What he says instead is, one is coming after me. I have, I, am, I have a very specific job to do, and I am doing that job. And to me, that's what vocation is. It's like, it's like this lifelong path of discerning where we are being called to fulfill our vocations at any moment in time, but also at the same time discerning what, is not, what it is we are not called to, to do. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I always love to think about this idea in the word, in the word decision – the Latin root of the word decision is like to cut. So it's when you decide. Yeah, exactly. Decision, incision. When you, when you make a decision, you're like cutting off the things that you're not going to do and doing the one thing, you know? And so it's really hard to do that because there is like a loss when we make a decision, when we choose one path when we, when we claim our vocation even in the face of some things that may be like more tempting to do, but aren't really ours to do, you know, like being the guy that sets the stage for Jesus is not as like, there's a certain amount of glory in being the Messiah. A certain amount. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and like, and there's not as much for that guy that's, that sets the stage for him. But John knows what his path is. And there's like, I think there's like great peace in having, in knowing that and being able to, to just walk your path and stick with that. Yeah. And, and it's kind of an example to be like, we are, none of us are God, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but our vocation at all times is like John's, which is to point to and recognize Jesus around us and in ourselves, but not to say like, I am above everyone. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, Not even Jesus did me. that, yeah. Right, right. Well, it me. <laughs> so, that's what I wanted to say. So, my point kind of goes with that, like you had said, but just conversely. Um, I was thinking about the vocation and the call of Jesus, and I always find it really interesting that Jesus was baptized, just in and of itself, because, I mean, he was kind of born into it. I mean, didn't we just come out of Advent talking about, you know, the world's been waiting for him, and, you know... And it's all in the stars that he would be, you know, the Messiah and God with us and the Prince of Peace, you know, all that. And it's, it's really interesting that because I think about baptism for us, 
I also think it's really interesting that Jesus, like, lived 30 years. Just <laughs> his dad was a carpenter and a mom named Mary that lived in a... Yeah, I don't know. That's so interesting to me that he was just, like, a normal average guy. Except for when he was 12. <laughs> just, you know, doing what he does. And then he had this call and he followed it. And then that was really kind of the, the beginning of his ministry. And I think about grace as well and how we always think about grace as like kind of a commodity that God bestows upon us and like the Holy Spirit moved through you or like that it's given to you or I don't know, in a way. And like, I don't think that's necessarily true. I feel like grace is inherent because we're children of God. But then I keep thinking and keep coming back to the idea of what good is a gift if it's not been opened and what use is a gift that hasn't been received and and used and utilized and so I think of grace as a gift that we always have but baptism is an outward and inward commitment to it's opening the gift it's using it it's it's recognizing that it's ours Mm -hmm. and taking ownership of that and what that means in our lives and to fulfill and live into this grace that's been given to us at our birth so I just think that's cool that Jesus also did that and that that he was just a normal guy and he got baptized and lived into what it meant. To, he lived into his baptism. He lived into his, what we would call our baptismal covenants. Right. And it's like it goes with that vo- whole vocation thing because it's both like unwrapping this gift, which I think we find is actually the gift of ourselves. Like mm-hmm. that that the gift is to actually be in touch with our true identity. That we've always, yeah, Yeah. be who we've always been. Right, and so, like, baptism is, baptism is the recognition, is, like, the recognition of our identity. And in Jesus' baptism, it's, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And then Mm -hmm. Jesus is off doing his ministry. And that we can, we can, like, each hear that when we remember our baptism or when we, you know, renew our baptism. <laughs> because most of us don't us remember our baptism, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like that that there's this that to me it's like yeah, similar to John is that like our vocation is so much our discernment of our vocation of like what to do in our life, how to fulfill what we feel like is our purpose is so tied to us. It's like a parallel journey to us uncovering our identity in God. You know, and and like, doing it. Yeah. Like doing and, our identity in a way. Because right. like you might have this call and this vocation, but you might be doing something completely different. It's just pestering you and you don't mm-hmm. actually do it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like baptism is an invitation to step into it. Yeah. Yeah. And to like go out into the wilderness right after. Mm-hmm. And be like, have fun with it. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be authentic. Yeah. You know. It's going to be you. Yeah. Right. And that's not easy. <laughs> Guys, I just don't feel like we're selling it right now. <laughs> What do you mean? Oh, like, it's going to suck, and then the heavy It's going to be really hard and terrible, <laughs> but it'll I be mean, authentic. Yeah. You'll love it. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not a fun process. Like, oh, it's not no. a fun process be getting in contact with your true self. It's I terrifying. I think it's like, I don't like there it. is a, to me, that is the fire part of the Holy Spirit and fire. It's like, we all have a persona that we have created. Mm as a coping mechanism for for existing as humans in a culture you know like right. that is just with who, other humans that's how it works it's like you you have an idea of you like grow up and create these 
this identity of who you are and you function in a culture in a society with friends and and at some point there's a realization that that is not the most true form of your identity that like no. that is something that has been created but there's like a stripping away that has to happen for us to get in contact with our truest identity and our identity in God our true self and this like being dunked and pulled back out of this like death and resurrection thing, the Holy Spirit and fire. It's like that. Those are all metaphors for this, like stripping away, I think of our false selves. Well, I think that brings us to my point just because mine's the last point, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I never get to be the last point. It's so exciting. You're the anchor. (laughs) Mine today comes from the second to last verse. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened. Um, And mine is with this phrase, all the people, Uh, because I think sometimes we as a church forget that all the people are are welcomed with Jesus and through Jesus and into his community and into his circle. And so what does this mean that Jesus aligns himself with the downtrodden and with the sin sick people and he forms hope and new beginnings and he identifies with the damaged and the broken people. But like, what does that mean for us? Mm-hmm. But then how do we as individual people seek out those people who should who we should be inviting and who would would contribute to our community and would contribute to our church and um and and I think that that's hard you know it's always hard to invite people to church and it's even harder to invite people who aren't a part of your friend group or a part of your circle but we are called to not only hang a sign that says that they're welcome, which is great, mm-hmm. but also to personally invite those people into our community and into our into our circle, but into our journey of faith also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like to recognize that we do actually, we do lose something. We are not complete without people that aren't exactly like us. Like there's, yes. we lose something when we're not in relationship with people that are different than we are in how, in whichever ways that, that is, whether that's, um, racial or socioeconomic or, um, nationality, age, age religion, any of those things that we, when we are, when we homogenize ourselves, when we are in homogenous groups, we are missing out on the fullness of the body of Christ and that there is something of the fullness of the body of Christ that is implicit in baptism, which is cool from that verse. That verse jumped out to me too. And I, it's interesting because none, neither of the other two gospels that have accounts of Jesus's baptism have that in there in Mm. Mark and in Matthew. It's, just Jesus, as soon as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens opened and the Spirit came down like a dove. But this is so clear now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was heaven was opened. So it's like there is something that is not complete yet until there's this universality to the body of Christ or that until there is like some diversity and and 
uh, heterogeneity <laughs> to this baptism because it's it's not this is so less Jesus centric than those other two accounts, which is so interesting. And I'd never really picked up on that before that the, you know, the heavens aren't open, that like this baptism isn't complete until everyone is taking part in it. Um, and it's not just about, it's not just about Jesus. It's like Jesus's baptism almost is not complete until all the people that are there have been baptized too, until everyone is taking, taking part in this kingdom of heaven. Um, yeah. So that is three points um, what? for you to take. I know for you to take into your faith discussions this week. Point number one was mine, and that was about the vocation of John the Baptist, and about that temptation to try to that there are there are things that we want to be that are very tempting, but that doesn't always mean that it lines up with what we are being called to do. That what that that is what our vocation is. And so it's just about that lifelong process of discerning our vocation and our place in the world and in the kingdom of God. Um, Maya's point was about Jesus and the gift, the unwrapping of the gift of our own identity and our vocation, that is baptism. And then following from that was Jackie's point about that, the importance and emphasis in this gospel about how about all people being um, that that baptism is about more than just an individual um, journey, and that it's about incorporating a community of people and expanding the body of Christ and and being part of a community. So, uh, having heard that discussion and and being reminded of those three points, uh, Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. All right, that is our episode for this week, for uh, the week of January 13th. We will be back in your podcast feed next week on January 20th. Make sure to go check out all of those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. You can send us a question, comment, or story from your week of faith discussion to faithtogo at stpaulcathedral.org. Check us out on Instagram at faithtogo, and make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people who might be interested find it on iTunes. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and until next week, we say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.